Hello and welcome to the WWDC 21 episode of Behind the Bytes. It's been about 24 hours since Apple unveiled their new operating systems for the Mac, the iPad, the iPhone, the watch and everything else that connects the two or three or four or 20 different operating systems that Apple has now. So I've got uh, Danish and Weber with me over here and we are basically just going to be following Apple's lead, uh, just going through the list of everything they announced and what we think of it. So let's just start with uh, probably the most important part of uh, last night's WWDC, hardware. How much hardware did we get to see in there? <laughs> so much, I don't even remember. Like, where Was this start. a software show or a hardware show? I, I kind of got confused in the middle of it. <laughs> oh man, all our hopes and dreams were dashed by zero hardware announcements I'm, nothing yeah. nothing at all no nah, i'm sorry guys it's a software show they it is a software it. show but it's, I it's mean, a they developer conference hardware. and i i i think the the entire basis for these um rumors from the start was just nonsense they didn't make sense um they didn't th th them dropping hardware in the middle of a cycle is i'm not saying apple's never done it but yeah they weren't gonna I'm I'm very happy that I wish I had posted it and got uh, better reviews than John Prosser. Dumbass. <laughs> I was hoping that at least the M2 or the follow-up to M1 gets discussed a little that bit. That for sure. But, uh, like but a nothing. teaser. Exactly. Yeah. Something on there. But uh, no, nothing happened on there. All right. So let's get started with uh, what Apple started with, which was iOS 15. And mm -hmm. Weber, I believe you've actually installed it on one of your devices. So do you want to kind of take us through it? Yep, so I've got iOS 15 running on um, the iPhone 7, which um, shows how dedicated Apple is to the hardware, which is wow. one plus point for sure. Do you remember when the iPhone 7 was released? Which year? I think 2016, 15, maybe yeah, 16, wow. I think. Oh, wow. So six, yeah. seven year old device. I, I honestly didn't expect um, the iPhone 7 to be supported, but apparently the iPhone 6 S and 6 and SE first gen is also supported. So I think that's going <laughs> even a year back. The only thing with iOS 15 on, let's say, an old phone is that you do get iOS 15, but it's a very, very tamed down version. And most of the features don't really make it to the phone, but it's just iOS 15 for namesake. And that's what I've noticed so far with my usage. Um, to be honest, just uh, sorry, just a quick note on that. Now, iPhone seven and then eight had Touch ID, and so did the iPhone SE. Yep. So yep. I'm assuming by sixteen they'll probably have the last version of Touch ID based phones on there because most likely the next version of SE will have Face ID as well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So You're yeah. right. Okay. So yeah. Okay. The last bits of so makes sense that uh, you know not necessarily designed for that. But sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so iOS 15. Now, to me, even even if you consider, let's say, a new phone, um, an iPhone 12, for example, it, it still feels like not that big of an upgrade, um, if I'm being honest. The upgrade from 13 to 14 was huge. It brought in things like App Library and, you know, widgets, which was a big thing um, last year. But with iOS 15, it seems more of an incremental update um, as far as the new feature set is concerned. Plus, I feel like uh, probably 40 to 50% of iOS 15 is to do with FaceTime. And us being in the UAE, FaceTime isn't accessible. So we 
can't really um, experience those features, can we? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, unfortunately, all of the announcements related to FaceTime, and some of them were quite interesting. I would have liked to sort of have a go at them. Uh, what, what was interesting was the availability on Android and the Windows. Web. Yeah, which was interesting. That's, I mean, it, it's pretty cool in the sense that um, while we will not get it, I do like the fact that the all the features they have announced are attacking one other of their competition so they've got zoom features that they they're attacking they've got meets features they've got facebook um, video features uh, as far as you know things like um, games backgrounds um, facetime links that's what's going to connect to android and uh, windows which was pretty cool but i i think that that whole um, mode is going to be really cool to see for the people who can because yeah. just because it's on all devices so suddenly all your devices your phone your laptop your ipad everything's going to become this massive communication tool uh, which is something uh, that they need to kind of you know get on board now absolutely i think the pandemic probably had a big role in uh, you know probably moving the feature set of uh, facetime up quite a bit on in terms of priority uh, and then Again, I think, Weba, it, it was interesting that you mentioned that uh, it wasn't as big of an upgrade as some of the past iOS releases. Yeah. And maybe, maybe one of the reasons why this could be is that, uh, you know, Apple had to work through the pandemic for this release. If you look at iOS 14, I mean, sure, we got a lockdown in March, but then I'm assuming almost everything was yeah. done for, for last year, right? For th so this was a full year where they were all working remotely. So maybe that has something to do with, uh, you know, what we saw or what we didn't see. Definitely. I also think it comes down to the fact that with last year being such a huge upgrade or across, across the board, I think it also came down to the fact that they were like, okay, you know what? We'll just tweak everything that we did last year and that should be good enough for this year. So like, I think a combination of the pandemic with this, the magnitude of the update last year, I think that's what kind of led this to be, um, let's just say as plain as the WWDC as it was. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, plain is a very nice way to describe it actually. But um, what I do want to get into is some of the new features. It's not like all doom and gloom. So. We had a few new features on um, iOS 15 that Apple introduced, one being live text, uh, which was something to do with you use your camera on your iPhone and it recognizes the text that you're um, looking at and you can easily copy paste that text wherever you need. And it sort of combines the whole iPhone's um, processing and intelligence. So let's say you have a photo that says the UAE written on the photo you can then um, search for that photo using spotlight search and easily find uh, pictures relating to text within that picture. So I think that's a pretty cool feature. Um, again, nothing on the iPhone 7 for that front. So I think the more advanced um, iPhones get that feature with the A12 processor and beyond. That's all of the iPhones that get that feature. I thought that was pretty cool in terms of what possibilities it could open for search in the near future. Does does Android have something like this? Google Lens. Google Lens, yes, exactly. Yep. Google Lens would be, I, I've used Google Lens with, with the same features for 
quite a while now. Um, what about what about searching for text within a picture? Is that also available? So, so you can't you can't um, like it won't the way Apple described it. Um, Google can do it. So for example, I remember a long time ago um, I did a search just for cars, right? Okay. And a random picture of me and a friend showed up, and I was like, why? Why is this here? Hmm. And I, I ignored it for a minute and then I realized that in the background of that image, this was in the office and there was a newspaper with a picture of a car and I'm genuinely saying this, it was at like a, ang it was at such an angle, it was really difficult to notice. But yeah, Google spotted it and popped it in there. So Google can do it. Now whether uh, Apple has added a finesse to it, that's highly possible. That's just what Apple does, takes a popular feature and adds their Apple finesse to it. So yeah, but Google can definitely do it. I've I've done the most random searches looking for something. I've done things like crepe or strawberry and I've found it. Like I actually did strawberry just recently when I was looking for a picture of jam and I found it. Isn't that more object-based? Exactly. With object-based, I'm totally with you. I see that on Google Photos as well. But I think what Apple has here is text recognition without or within pictures, sorry. And I'll give you an example, right? I, my internet connection, I replace my router every two months, you know, <laughs> as one does. And I need my username and password for internet every single time. And I can remember the username. That's not a problem, but it's the password that I tend to forget. So, you know, I've a lot of times I've just input my username to see if it can find it in a mm. picture, but it never does that. Even though I have a very clear photo of that Salat card, which right. has my username and password on it. Let's see if, uh, you know, photos recognizes it or not this time around. Yeah, definitely could be useful. Um, what about focus? Focus was another feature. Um, I don't particularly uh, find it useful, but what about you guys? Like, I would never use focus. I'm super excited for focus. Uh, so I use DND a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm a very, very distracted person and um, it helps me well, for the lack of another word, focus a lot more. And um, I sort of already do focus in a way where I have these like customized shortcuts and modes for various things. So like if I'm writing an article, I do want a certain playlist on my Spotify playing. I do want uh, only certain people be, to be able to call and stuff like that. Or I want silence, but with vibration or silence without vibration, things like that. So like I'm 100% gonna have like a work mode or an article writing mode or a sleep mode. I'm definitely gonna be using the focus feature. So I think you guys are kinda young, but uh, <laughs> you know, back when I was using phones that weren't necessarily smart, there were things called profiles and you could make multiple profiles on your Nokia phone, <laughs> custom profiles on your Nokia phone. Then Palm happened, which only gave us a silent switch and then Apple copied and OnePlus copied and everybody forgot about profiles. Hello, 1990, True. we're back to exactly where we started from. This is exactly a new version of, you know, customized profiles that we used to have on our Nokia phones from like two decades ago yes it's a newer version of that but been there done that seen it and yeah i mean i used to use them you know switch between whatever profiles custom profiles and it'll be good to sort of have that feature i'm not sure if i'll use it as extensively pure probably because for me uh, work is kind of so interrelated into mm -hmm. the life that i 
you know, it makes it difficult for me to say, okay, this is my work profile. And now that I'm on my personal profile, I want to silence all work calls and, you know, mm. only accept family calls and stuff like right. that. So we'll be slightly more challenging for me to use, but I'm sure there will be some places where it'll yeah. come in handy. I'm just, I'm just uh, waiting to see two things. One, how many of such profiles can you create? That's number one. And number two is, um, what is the customizability, customizability level? That's going to be the, the, the deciding factor on its usability. What would you like out of it? So I'd like to customize various things. So for example, if you would give me, uh, let's say, no, more than just like whether my phone should ring or not, I'd like to um, maybe, you know, make a list. Uh, like for example, even now, uh, when I use DND, uh, my favorites list can call me. So and I've put everyone in my favorites list who like, who maybe in an emergency might call me. But uh, that's, and that goes on on the dot 11.45 in the night. So um, I, I think that if there's more features, certain apps that can come through, certain apps that can't, or uh, something like something on those lines, that's what I mean by customizability. So I've actually got the focus pane open, oh, and I can nice. tell you exactly what it'll be doing. So you can have people, you can have apps, okay. so you can customize okay. the people who can contact you, you can customize the apps. You can also set it so that if you have any time sensitive notifications, you get this, you get those regardless. So okay. that's a feature. And you can also have customization on what home screens you see. So you can basically have a custom home screen setup depending on the type of profile or focus mode that you're in. Right, right. Wow, Apple yeah. allowing you more than three options to set? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And smart activation where you can set it to um, trigger at a relevant Definitely. time. So Definitely. yeah, that's that's standard. Okay, um, mixed, mixed uh, use cases. I think this is for like, I think it depends a lot on personal preference. I wouldn't use it, but like mixed usage is what uh, focus would entail. One thing that I was like genuinely excited for was Safari though. I think that update to Safari has made it such a nice browser on iOS, on iPadOS mm -hmm. and pretty much everywhere. So what I think Safari is now is like the perfect browser for one-handed use, which I think what right. Apple was going for. And you've got this nice intuitive um, sort of navigation. You can you have um, swipe down to refresh just like you would on any app. So that's new apparently. I didn't uh, think it was new, but apparently it is. Yeah. And then the way you can switch tabs and do all of that just seamlessly with one hand is really cool. I, I like Safari and I thought I wouldn't say that ever, but there you go. <laughs> You also said you're never going to get an iPhone. Oh, ever. it's and never going to happen. 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks, Danish. By next year, 10 bucks. Let's let's make a bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, There's I'm no chance. Danish knows me. 100%. 100%. This guy is joining the bandwagon very soon. No it's, chance. It's always a feature. There's always a feature that just tips you off and it'll happen. Anyway, we could have a whole other uh, podcast on that. But um, apart from that, what else did we see? We saw uh, messages. I think the messages is getting a bit of a new look. Lots of apps got new looks. Um, Maps got a new look. Um, the weather app got a new look. I think yeah. there was notes that also got a new look. So basically made it prettier, I would say. Mm -hmm. The Maps mm -hmm. update is another thing that I wouldn't expect to come to the UAE anytime soon. 
For because, sure. Because um, I think there's only eight countries that have it um, at launch and it's going to gradually um, get to different countries. There's, there was also an update to Apple Wallet where you can now have your IDs and your driver's yeah. license and hotel keys all inside Apple Wallet. Again, a great feature, but it's not something that's um, going to come to the UAE. All right then, so I think um, that's pretty much iOS incremental but yeah. a fine-tuning kind of update. Now for the sort of something that Danish was really excited for, <laughs> iPadOS. How was it? Oh, man, iPadOS, iPadOS just broke my heart. Like, I, uh, <laughs> my, my partner has been dealing with a, a whiny eight-year-old child uh, since yesterday, and I've just been sitting at home whining away because... Um, I, I made a massive bet last year on the fact that like iPad OS is going to go places and I gave up my MacBook and I got the iPad and I was really hoping because there were so many rumors like if you guys remember I shared with you all a video which was shared a concept video on Instagram of what iPad OS could look like and that concept video was everything I wanted greater file management, connectivity to secondary displays, but like full connectivity, not just like a screen mirroring thing. Um, you know, stuff like that. And all we got was a whole lot of widget nonsense. Um, um, we got uh, app, app library, that okay, yeah. fine, given that that was needed. Um, we got much better multitasking. I will not lie, I will be one of the first people to enjoy that multitasking. And we got quick note which was really, really nice. So I guess we can take each of these one by one. So widgets. Widgets were part of iOS 14 for the iPhone anyway. Yep. So I don't see, you know, the big deal of them coming to the iPad. They were going to come to the iPad. Yeah. Uh, they were late in coming to the iPad, but they're here. Good. Glad they're here. Aren't they just bigger mm -hmm. versions of the same widgets we saw last year? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There exactly. You go. So. And even app library, same thing. It was expected to come in. So pretty basic. Uh, what about um, Quick Note? So Quick Note was really nice. Um, again, as a person who uses an iPad on a daily basis, I have seen the necessity for that. Uh, and it, it's going to be nice. So from the bottom right of the iPad, if you use your pencil and swipe up, a little note will come out. Uh, pretty expansive feature in the sense that you can write a note, you can save links. If you save a link from, let's say, a Safari website and you click on that little, not link, sorry, if you save a little paragraph from a Safari website and you click on that, it'll take you to that exact page, to that exact place. Uh, pretty intuitive. So that was definitely nice. And um, last, they mentioned multitasking. What they've done with multitasking is a lot of features that were already there. They've really put some finesse into them. Uh, so you'll have this little three dot kind of thing on top above any sort of any app that you're using. You click it. It gives you options for split view, two thirds, one third view, and obviously a full view. You can easily select the apps you want to multitask with and so on. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much it on multitasking. I like the quick note feature. I think that's quite yeah. nice. And yes, I'm completely with you that it's very much needed. My quick question to you is that does it require the Apple Pencil? I mean, can you swipe with your finger as well or no, you'll need the pencil to swipe from the so, bottom right to get into it? So I actually was, um, it's a question that I thought of um, after, the um, after the presentation because if you look at the presentation, wherever they showed it, they showed it with an Apple Pencil. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm gonna assume there is some involvement over there because you can't write 
without it. You can do copy pasting, but you can't write. Um, something that I guess we'll just know when we test it further. Fair enough. That copy pasting part was quite nice where you can highlight a text yeah. section on a page and save that to the note. That's nice. That's quite nice. Definitely. Definitely. Abbas, you said you had iPad OS running on your um, iPad, uh, the preview. Yes. Did you have a chance that's to right. play around with QuickNote? Is it not there? No. So, so that's the thing. So I tried swiping from my, with my finger from the bottom right. I didn't have the pencil on me at that time. Uh, and it didn't work. So I wasn't sure if it hasn't been implemented in this beta because Apple has done in the past where, yeah. you know, when they release beta, in fact, not just beta, they've shown features which don't even make it to the full release and they could push to point releases past the OS. So I wasn't sure if that was just the case of that or, you know, if, uh, if it actually required a pencil. Uh, what I did like very much on the beta for the iPad that I put on uh, was what Weber uh, mentioned with the iPhone Safari looks yeah. gorgeous on the new ipad but the new look is just beautiful it's just it's just a beautiful browser now and very intuitive very very nice to use i like how they've cleaned it up it just flows super smoothly and now that they've got support for extensions on the web safari yeah. extensions that mm. were present on the mac are now present on the i think there's another cool feature um uh, which we sort of missed when danish was talking about um, displays and keyboards um it's called universal control, where you can use a single mm. mouse and a single sort of keyboard, yes. just one, and sort of drag stuff across all of your Apple devices seamlessly. I want to try that in person. 100%. I, th I, I'm banking a lot on that. Um, actually, well, on that point, I guess we can take a bit of a detour to macOS, uh, since we've already spoken about Safari and... Um, universal control yeah um mac os is uh, going to be i guess what do you call it about renamed renamed or up, its updates name is called monterey update which will have all the ios updates that uh, were mentioned earlier yep. but uh, but the feature that web have just spoke about is part of their whole continuity that will come with universal control so if you can imagine yourself with a macbook or an imac and your ipad on the side um, basically, you can control all the devices all together with one uh, one device's control. So that could be, let's say, your MacBook's keyboard and mouse, and you can just swipe all the way through with as if it's continuous displays, as if it's all one machine. Uh, you can type on each of them and uh, just gives you this central command of all the devices at once, which I think is going to be amazing. It's really nice. And if you've used Logitech Flow, you'll yeah. know exactly what it is. It's just a more polished version of that. Uh, it's pretty cool how, uh, you know, the way that it kind of works is that if you have your iPad sitting to the left of your Mac, uh, the way it actually kind of figures that Detects. out is mm. it doesn't detect, right? So this is the weird part about it. It doesn't detect that it's on the left. Because your natural instinct would be to move the mouse all the way to the left of the screen and then go some. Right. So at that action, it says, okay, you know what? The iPad is sitting on the left because this person wants to move left to the left of the screen. <laughs> nice. So that's how it detects where it's on the left or right of it, which is very genius. I think that's genius. It's simple. It's just the way humans think. Yep. Uh, you know, very, very nicely implemented. I definitely want to check out that part as well. And yeah, I think... That is something I will be playing with for sure. Definitely. Demo in the demo, they even like dragged a a video clip 
from their iPad to their iMac yeah. into so a Final Cut project. So that was, was that crazy. was that's exactly what they're trying to show, right? And this is something that's so Apple-esque because they showed you a bunch of things on softwares that either work beautifully on their devices or their own software. So in this case, it was Procreate and on the iPad and um, Final Cut on an iMac. And they just yep. dragged it across three devices and just dropped it on Final Cut and it was there. It was That was brilliant. Really, really good to see. Really good to see. Although having said that, this, uh, the whole thing kind of reminded me of uh, Huawei's push, you know, the Huawei yeah. share yeah. that yeah. they have. Definitely. They've been talking about this for so long and this is somewhat similar, right? I mean, this is what it is. Very you similar. drag and drop from your phone and stuff to the tablet or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's with that Apple polish. And, and you know. that's the thing, right? That's, I guess that's their biggest uh, win and loss because it's always something that other companies have had i mean even microsoft has it what do they do with samsung what's it called the link link to windows link to yeah. windows yeah i mean it's there it exists where you can drag and drop right from the phone and all that stuff it's there but the the the, the ease and the functionality that's going to come with an apple device now someone like me who has definitely done some nonsense on the cloud uh, just to transfer a file or work with a file just to get it from the ipad to the uh, Mac or vice versa is instant, instant. I'm sold. It's done. And then when Webhub gets his iPhone, he will also know the great uh, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, even on the Mac, um, to be honest, I'm, I know both of you already discussed this, but I'm actually most excited for the Safari redesign on the Mac the most. But but that aside, like, is there any Mac OS specific feature that's not sort of on iOS or iPad OS? No, right? I think it's just a combination. The privacy part, where basically they're hiding your IP in Safari, so it's kind of going somewhat like a VPN connection. Okay. So you know that was something that was on Safari, which I don't know is present on iOS or not. And then they have this mail privacy protection as well, where when you're using the mail client, it disables all third-party tracking within mail. Yeah, so right. Companies can't track so you and stuff like that. Actually, that's a that's a great detour onto uh, privacy, because this is something that as the years, actually as the months go by, I'm becoming an even more avid Apple person just because of their push and focus on privacy. I mean, you know, they, they everyone always says that when you get something for free, um, you're the product, right? Yep. And Apple is kind of telling the world that, okay, fine, pay us and we'll not make you the product yeah. and you'll be safe and you'll be protected, which is something that I personally, 100%, like take it, like iCloud Plus, for example, that's something that they announced, a paid mm -hmm. uh, subscription format for their uh, for the iCloud platform, which actually has things like private relay and hide my email. I think you have to pay for those services. I wasn't very clear. Their wording was tricky, but... So what they said was that it costs exactly the same. So if you are a subscriber to iCloud, right. a paying subscriber, you'll get them for free. Ah. So if you're a free iCloud on the free tier, you won't get them. But if you're a paying subscriber to iCloud, yeah. there's no price change whatsoever. It's right. exactly the same price. So yeah, I mean, I think like, for example, let's talk about private relay, right? Private relay basically is going to be whereby if you're in a public network and if there are things on the back end, 
Um, I'm not going to use the jargon they use because I don't remember it. But if there are if there are things in place whereby your information in some way or another is being given out, mm. they will protect you from that. And I just was I was floored at that point. I was like, yes, like done. Take my money. So what they're kind of doing here is basically just masking your IP address through two different servers. So first it will hit the Apple server where it will change your IP and then it will hit another server. So basically when you're finally landing on that page which wants to track you, it would have no way of no. knowing where you are or what your IP address is or right. the machine that you're tied to. And it is going to work here in the UAE. I think it's yeah. not going to work in Saudi and China, but okay. in the UAE we will have that working. So I wanted to touch upon male privacy protection. Um, Tell me something, Abbas. Now, I know for a fact there's no point asking Web of this because he's not a Mac user, but um, do you actually use the Mail app? I don't. In fact, it's <laughs> I'm actually on the other side of things on, on this because we use a CRM in the company called HubSpot where all emails are basically flowing through HubSpot. And that kind of allows us to... Uh, see if clients have opened our emails, if they've reached their emails, it tracks everything, all right. conversations. So I'm actually on the other side of it. Uh, I'm <laughs> on the losing end with this when Apple invents <laughs> that, uh, where I won't be able to know, you know, what clients are sort of working towards. Uh, but you know what, fine, I, I, I'm not gonna argue with this. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's because that's that's the question that came into my mind when they mentioned uh, male privacy protection. Um, I actually genuinely couldn't think of anyone that I know, and I know a decent few Mac users who actually use the, the original mail app. And I was like, damn, I don't know how useful this feature is going to be. Or I most importantly don't know if I'll be like, okay, let me at least put my, let's say my Gmail or something onto it and I don't know if those features are only going to be available for Apple mails you know the iCloud mail and all that stuff yeah exactly I think the problem with the Apple client built-in Apple client is that it doesn't work well with Gmail in particular it, really it works fine if you have exchange or the iCloud but with Gmail it's it's a very you know it's not the greatest uh, it's not the greatest client for that so yeah I, again I also well my wife uses it just because it's the default app on the iPhone. Right. So, you know, mm. she's fine with it. But I think people like you, I, or Webau who rely on email a lot more than your average person, uh, for them, most likely a third-party client is going to be what you're going to be using on your phone. Taking from privacy, let's jump to health, okay? Now, health had a feature which I really like, which instantly made me think... Um, like of of oh okay this this could be a reason why I would switch my parents now my parents for example are hardcore Android users and I would switch them over is because in health they announced a bunch of features primarily around uh, sharing of information so if you have healthcare providers who have um, the Apple whatever the, the 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 counterpart software on the on the healthcare side, if they have it and you can share your health-based information, if you think something's wrong with your heart or anything else that let's say an Apple Watch can track, you can share that information completely private, completely encrypted. Um, I like that. I thought I think that that could be something very useful because um, I actually did see some press releases in the recent months where over here in the UAE, um, certain hospitals are syncing up with Apple Watch uh, softwares 
whereby they can keep track of people's heart rates and you know patients' conditions and so on. So I, I think that that um, is going to be nice in terms of that privacy factor being added there where it's encrypted and no one, including Apple, can see that information. Agreed, 100%. I think that's a great feature, especially for families like you mentioned. Uh, you know, if the Apple Watch can send me data for my parents' resting heart rate being higher than it normally is yep. or send me an alert on that, that's, that's fantastic. Yep. You know, that's just fantastic. And yeah, I think that's a great feature. Uh, they also had this walk, walking something. <laughs> walking steadiness. Yeah, walking steadiness. <laughs> I, I guess for older people it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't want to dismiss the feature because maybe it is something that yeah. uh, you know, I mean, some people have an issue with. In, in all honesty, man, my, um, uh, my fiance, she is uh, hilarious as far as standing on her two feet is concerned. Um, I mean, she is, uh, I, I'm always scared of her. Like, if I see a staircase, I'm instantly in front of her. Like, you wait, I will walk with you. So uh, even when yesterday, when I saw the walking steadiness feature, I was like, you know what? And I just <laughs> gifted her an Apple Watch a few days ago. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be great for you because you are a fall risk. That's so. funny. <laughs> Wasn't there another feature um, tying into, like, health? called breathe i think was it breathe or reflect breathe's always been there they've literally just no. changed graphics on it Re there's new animation isn't it something That's new it. like reflect mindfulness mindfulness it's, it's, yeah, yeah mindfulness yes. is it the yeah, same yeah, they've, yeah. It's, it's literally you're looking at like animations yeah. on your apple watch <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, it's it. So That's it yeah, I mean, it, uh, again, great way to move on then to watchOS. Um, Sorry, I think let me just, uh, there was one more up, one more thing on uh, related to health that I think was interesting where they introduced this thing called legacy access, which uh, I oh know yeah. I've read a couple of times where people who've passed away, yeah. their information and stuff like that uh, was inaccessible, right? Yeah. So now you could sort of set a family member to gain all your information yeah. in case you pass away, which I think is something that probably was going to come considering the stories that we've read over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's there too. Yeah. yeah. So that was just one more thing I wanted to add regarding health. No, definitely health, health, some really good, um, very uh, well thought out updates. Uh, I will give them credit for that. And then just on one side where it was well thought out, then came the watch OS section, which I had <laughs> no idea why that lady was struggling to message her child from her Apple watch, like pick up the phone woman. Like I have no idea what was going on with the watch OS. I, I no idea. They had three major updates, if I'm not wrong. One was the breathe app, like Weber yeah. mentioned. Uh, sleep app, it didn't get the amount of detail I wanted it to, but, and then the portrait wallpaper, which fine, I'll give some software designers credit for it, but, uh, but yeah, what did you guys think of watchOS? Didn't they get two new, um, like they got workouts, I think two... Pilates and yeah. something else. Ta yes. Tai Chi, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, tai Chi and Pilates, yeah. yes. But again, same thing, right? Um, doesn't come to us. Those were Fitness Plus workouts. We um, don't have Fitness Plus yet. So, yeah. It's like a very point upgrade than a full upgrade. The one thing that I think we forgot to mention, which is present in iOS and iPad OS and possibly Mac OS, is uh, offline Siri. Holy shit, it's fast now. I tried it on the iMac oh, yeah? because now it does processing locally instead of uh, going to the cloud for Thank every God. single damn thing. <laughs> 
it is ridiculously fast now. I mean, you tell a setter timer and then bam, you know, it's there. Everything is just there. Oh, that's so, so that good. That is quite nice. I'm, I'm glad nice. to see that because I stopped using Siri because of that. No, it's fast now. It's fast. And I think one of the bigger announcements was that Siri is going to be available on third-party devices, you know, later yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting. Uh, I guess they are opening up a little bit. Yeah. Um, that actually, they announced that during the, the, the home OS or the home the kit home stuff, pod. right? Yeah, um, exactly. What is it called? For all of you? What was that? I can't remember. Um, the one where I think, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was not HomeKit. That was Apple TV, where it recommends for everyone in the house. Like, how? <laughs> how? You're just going to be recommending everything possible. Yeah. It it's like an action movie with a little bit of a comedy <laughs> and some drama and some tragedy. So at Bollywood. The end of it. <laughs> exactly. Fair Fair the enough. entire Bollywood catalog. Entire Bollywood catalog just showing up there from like ninety-five to two thousand and five. <laughs> uh spatial audio is here as well while we're on the subject of HomePod and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I guess they released it on Apple Music yesterday. Yep. Uh, yeah. I haven't tried it, honestly speaking. Uh I don't know. I mean, so have you guys given it a shot? Same, haven't tried it, but I saw a bunch of people on Twitter um talking about it saying excuse me, saying that um, it's one of those features where if you don't know what to look for, you have no idea what changed. Um, and I think I'd, I'd agree because when I first heard Spatial Audio on the AirPods Pro for the first time uh, watching Greyhound on Apple TV, um, first I didn't know what to look for, so I Googled it. And I was like, "What? what is it? And then I kind of figured that, ah, okay, based on my head movements, it adjusts the audio and so on and so forth. So, um, so yeah, one of those things where I think the average Joe will not care, even if they notice mm. it. They'll be like, cool, this is nice, and they'll move on from it. The one thing where it adds a nice touch is, again, something that we won't see is with FaceTime, where yeah. they said that if you're doing a group call, you know, uh, whoever's on the left of your screen, spatial yeah. audio will sort of focus yeah. on yeah. towards the left of your So that's nice. That's, that's a nice touch, but again... Something that we. I uh, after a long time, I felt really bad that we don't have FaceTime. Like <laughs> I felt really, really bad. Like I was already googling ways. Like okay, should I change my store to Canada and do this and do that? Yeah. And I was like, too much work. It's fine. I'll make yeah, a call. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> up, up, you never know. Hopefully, sooner or later, it makes it its way over here. Hopefully, it should. Very doubtful. It it should. I mean, we've got Hangouts. We've got Zoom. We've got like I don't know, like twenty different other apps that are working. But yeah, I think that was it, right? I think a lot, a lot of small updates. There's yeah. nothing significant, there's nothing major, but there are a lot of small updates. And I think once we start playing with our devices, we will probably discover exactly. little things here and there that, uh, you know, that in the end of it will be like, okay, you know what? Even though there wasn't a substantial update to anything, there are a lot of minor things that kind of make it worth it. I, I also think that a lot of the disappointment that you can see online on Insta and Twitter um, about yesterday's event is also correlated to the insane rumors that were just everywhere. The mm. hype was insane because last year was this magnanimous event and it was the first amazing event of the virtual landscape of events and it just sets such a high precedent that even though this year is a pretty decent WWDC with decent updates that will make a difference to people's daily lives, everyone's like, meh, I want 14-inch MacBook Pro. 
<laughs> That's me. <laughs> they'll come. I'm sure they'll come. They'll September. Come. Uh, next couple of months or so. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's quickly across all OSs, each one of us, let's point out our favorite feature and maybe the second favorite feature. Just pick something from across the board. I mean, what was the one thing that impressed you the most or the one feature that you're looking forward to the most? And then maybe a secondary feature as well. Uh, let's start with you, Weber. The first feature is um, continuity, the fact that you can have things like on different devices and drag them so seamlessly, what do they call it? Um, the technical name for that universal, is universal, universal control. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the feature I'm looking forward to the most. If I do right. switch over to the Apple ecosystem, which doesn't when you get look likely. No, no. <laughs> and maybe second most would be Safari for me. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, what about yourself? So for me, um, technically, I would have said FaceTime. If we had FaceTime, I would have said that's the feature I'm most excited to check out. But for me, uh, in, in my daily life, it's going to be user, universal control as well. Um, you guys uh, listen to my whines and uh, bitching about uh, it constantly. So <laughs> universal control, definitely. But second is just the privacy thing. I'm, I'm Like I said earlier, I'm just becoming a bigger fan every day because of the pri level of privacy um, that's being offered and I'm only excited to see how much better it gets. Uh, fair enough. I think I'm with Feba on this one, except I'm going to switch it around. So Safari is probably the thing that I'm most excited about. And then Universal Control, which I guess all of us are sort of, uh, you know, looking forward to. Definitely. I am kind of excited to test Siri now that it's actually fast. Right. I don't know. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But for sure, Safari and Universal Control for me as well. Those are the two features that I'm most excited to test. Awesome. Fair enough. Great. Excellent stuff. Well, I guess so. That's it for this episode. And we will catch you guys next time. Weba, where can we find you online? On Google. <laughs> Just search for Weba. Yes. That's it. It's going to be a recurring. I'm going to keep this like forever. Yeah. So. I mean, among the three of us, you're the only one with a one million attached to your name. And that's not cash, that's views. But uh, yes, uh, for people listening, Webhub has one million views on Insta Reels. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Danish, where can we find you? Uh, for me, it's uh, Dan Talks. That's D-A-A-N-T-A-L-K-S on Insta, TikTok, and now YouTube. YouTube. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the YouTubes. <laughs> And I'm Ajafarelli across Instagram and Twitter, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.